In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. One of my favorite bits of humor online these days is what I call public service announcement tweets. Maybe you've seen them. They're short, pithy declarations, always about something very specific, and always starting the same way. Here are some examples. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you can throw away that box your iPhone came in. (laughs) Or, I don't know who needs to hear this, but cancel that free trial. My favorite one is, I don't know who needs to hear this, but stop trying to track that package. It's in God's hands now. (laughs) I just appreciate that someone took it upon themselves to set free some anxious soul out there in the ether. It proves that the noblest deeds are set forth in simple, straightforward language. These little proclamations playfully cut through all the carefully curated profiles that we work hard to maintain. In her piece in the New York Times this week, Tish Harrison Warren addressed how, with the help of social media, nearly everything has become performative these days. She quotes a marketing writer who said, we are each head marketer for the brand called you. Now, whether or not you're on social media, this concept of self-branding has been woven into the fabric of our culture. Whatever your brand is, the public servant, the cool mom, the country gentleman, to some extent we're all selling ourselves in a way. I mean, just take it from the newly ordained minister who grew a beard (laughs) just to have some extra gravitas in the pulpit. By branding ourselves, Warren says, we turn ourselves into products, content to be evaluated, instead of people to be truly known and loved. Now, sadly, the church is just as liable to fall into this trap. This is what the Apostle Paul is talking about in his letter to the Corinthians we read this morning. At that time, Corinth was a bustling port city. It was a place where various cultures and religions mingled, and as a result, it attracted all sorts of professional public speakers. They were called the super apostles, which, if you ask me, has self-branding written all over it. (laughs) These were the spiritual influencers, the televangelists and gurus of their day. Each would charge a fee for people to hear them speak privately. To get more followers, they paired the gospel of Jesus with whatever the hot topic was that day. Their message was Jesus plus. Jesus plus 10 steps toward more self-discipline. Jesus plus the latest parenting trend. Jesus plus the current dieting fad. And they were not impressed with Paul. They had him pegged as a one-hit wonder, always yammering on about the cross, week in and week out, 
as if to say, come on, Paul, try to keep up, okay? You need to work on your branding. Keep it fresh. But Paul had a problem with the super apostles. He thought that if Christianity veered away at all from Christ crucified, it started to sound like any other worldly wisdom. He was suspicious of any gospel branded as new and improved. G.K. Chesterton once said, every new religion bores us with the same stale rhetoric about closer fellowship and the higher life. Now, don't get me wrong. Closer fellowship is what helps get me through the day. Harvard just closed a study. They started back in 1938 on happiness. And after 85 years, they found that basically the only guarantee for happiness is having deep relationships. You kind of think, what took them so long? (laughs) But likewise, the higher life of virtue is something I think we could all use a little more of around here, if you ask me. But when the world gets a whiff of a good thing, it's not long before it gets commodified and subject to branding. Closer fellowship gets branded as when you're here, your family. Olive Garden. <laughs> Virtue gets branded as save money, live better. Walmart. By the way, we do receive a small percentage of any generated revenue <laughs> from these sermons. But Paul is not interested in selling anything. He does not proclaim the wisdom of God using lofty words, but proclaims the capital W word of Christ himself and nothing more. Unlike the super apostles, Paul spoke publicly, free of charge, and he kept it simple. He says, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He says, I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Now, Paul had a brilliant mind, but he was not a smooth talker. He basically says, if you want to know the truth, I was scared to death about how to talk to you about Jesus because nothing I could say would impress you. I mean, how impressive is a man hanging on a cross? I mean, who's going to buy that? But on the cross, you see, Jesus changes the game forever. He is not interested in what you are selling, nor is he interested in selling you anything. The gospel is a gift. There's a reason why we call the body and blood of Jesus the gifts of God for the people of God. Because they don't cost us a thing. Because they have been paid for in full by the one who gave up everything for you and me. The cross boldly proclaims that you are not a brand. You do not need to sell yourself because you have been bought and paid for by the blood of Christ. The thing about branding is that you end up serving it more than it serves you. 
like cattle marked with a hot branding iron. A brand might help a person feel like they belong to something, but they're not free. In the upside-down wisdom of God, Jesus himself, as the Lamb of God, takes on the scar for our sake. We are marked as Christ's own forever with the mark on his own body. And what does this mean for you? It means you can approach God in weakness, not as a super apostle, knowing that he made himself weak for you. In her 2009 memoir, Lit, Mary Carr tells the story of when her eight-year-old son asks her to bring him to church one day. And she suspiciously asks why. And he says, to see if God's there. And so they try out an Episcopal church. They don't go back because it's too cold. Not emotionally, like it's physically freezing. People wonder why they call us the frozen chosen. I hope everyone's feeling comfortable out there. So they try out a different church. And she says that the sermon about doing justice to one's fellows has so squeezed out any mention of God or Jesus that it may as well have been taken out of Reader's Digest. And so they go to a different church. And where the previous church denied the existence of God altogether, this one saw gods everywhere, more or less interchangeable, she says. No more potent than the rabbit's foot my son carries into the batter's box on a belt loop. We're batting 0 for 3 so far. But finally, they try out a church that just talks about the cross of Christ, which intrigues her, but it also leaves her befuddled. And one, one Sunday, as her son is fiddling with a knot in his shoelace, she's studying the mangled body of Jesus on an icon. Why the crucifixion, she asks. And why does redemption have to come through the crucifixion? I mean, why couldn't you play hopscotch or win at solitaire? And her son looks up at her and rolls his eyes. Who'd pay attention to hopscotch, Mom? And as he runs off playing, the dots begin to connect for her. You see, the message of Christ crucified... It might be off-putting, might be scandalous and offensive to the ones who have carefully curated their brand, but it cannot be ignored. If you're like Mary Carr's son and you want to know where God is, you look to the cross, which boldly proclaims that God is no stranger to suffering, loneliness, and despair. In fact, it was through his own suffering, loneliness, and despair that he redeemed this broken world. You try to, pray, put, you try to put a brand on that, on Christ crucified, and it will fade away like hopscotch. Brands are here today and gone tomorrow, but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. On that note... I don't, know, I don't know who needs to hear this, but you are not a brand. 
but instead a beloved child, fully known and fully loved by God. I don't know who needs to hear this, but your sins do not need to be rebranded because they have been forgiven, all of them. Even the one that you are thinking about right now, completely forgiven. I don't know who needs to hear this, but Jesus died so that you might live. I, for sure, need to hear this week in and week out. As Paul says, that my faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Amen.